Welcome to Kelly Dry's Full Spectrum Podcast, bringing together thought leaders in the technology, media, and telecommunications industries to discuss legal issues that are expected to impact today's organizations and tomorrow's marketplace. Kelly Dry Full Spectrum is produced twice monthly, and show notes are available at www.kellydryfullspectrum.com. For more in-depth commentary, head to our blog, comlawmonitor.com. All links are in the show notes. This podcast is produced by the Kelly Dry Communications Practice Group. Hello, everyone. My name is Brad Currier, and I'm an associate in the Communications Practice Group at Kelly Dry. And today I'm going to provide a brief update on the FCC's efforts to assist those impacted by recent hurricanes. Now, my last podcast with Steve Augustino took a look at the devastating impacts of Hurricane Harvey and Hurricane Irma. We ended that podcast by noting that, in the aftermath of such major weather events, a business-as-usual approach often no longer applies for affected communication service providers. Now, in the aftermath of Hurricane Maria and Hurricane Nate, I want to provide a brief update on the FCC's most recent response efforts and highlight that such efforts may represent a new normal of regulatory relief to those impacted by hurricanes and other disasters. So now I'm just going to talk about a few of the key FCC actions over the past few weeks. Over the weekend, the FCC granted an experimental license to Google's parent company to help provide emergency cellular service to Puerto Rico through what the company calls Project Loon. Project Loon is a network of balloons that provide wireless connectivity to users on the ground. This reduces reliance on cell towers and other on-the-ground infrastructure, allowing people to stay connected while carriers rebuild communications networks. Now, last week, the FCC issued an order waiving or suspending a number of rules and deadlines related to the Universal Service Fund, or USF, programs. First, the FCC waived on an interim basis a number of filing deadlines applicable to participants in the E-Rate program, which provides support for telecommunications services for eligible schools and libraries. The FCC also extended the deadlines for E-Rate schools and libraries to complete construction on certain services funded in the 2016 and 2017 fiscal years. Additionally, the FCC permanently waived certain record retention requirements for school and library records that were lost or destroyed during the hurricanes. Second, the FCC similarly waived, on an interim basis, a number of filing deadlines and record retention requirements applicable to participants in the rural health care program, which provides subsidies allowing rural health care providers to pay similar rates for telecommunications services as those paid by their urban counterparts. Third, the FCC extended and expanded its previous waiver of certain rules for carriers that participate in the Lifeline program, which offers subsidized phone service to indigent and other qualified subscribers. Specifically, the FCC extended its waivers of the so-called non-usage rule, which normally requires Lifeline providers to de-enroll subscribers who do not use the service for 30 consecutive days, as well as the recertification rule, which normally requires Lifeline subscribers to recertify their eligibility every 12 months. The FCC stated that the waivers would help low-income subscribers retain access to emergency communications during and following the storms, while allowing Lifeline providers to focus on recovery efforts. The FCC also recognized that subscribers may be unable to recertify their eligibility due to widespread communications outages. The FCC also temporarily waived the so-called port freeze rule, which normally requires Lifeline subscribers to stay with their existing carrier for a specified time period. The FCC noted that Lifeline subscribers may be unable to obtain service from their current carrier, while another Lifeline provider's service is operational, and should be allowed to port their service under such circumstances. Finally, the FCC waived or suspended a number of requirements applicable to contributors to the USF. Contributors received an extension to submit corrections to their most recent contributor filings, as well as an extension to the submission deadline for their next contributor filings. 
The FCC also stated that it will temporarily suspend collection activities against contributors and not refer such debts for collection while affected contributors recover from the storms. Now, the rule waivers and suspensions discussed generally are limited to USF support recipients and contributors located in parts of Texas, Florida, Georgia, Puerto Rico, and the U.S. Virgin Islands that were declared major disaster areas by FEMA. However, the Lifeline rule waivers do not apply to Texas, which administers program eligibility and recertification itself. The revised rule deadlines vary, and affected USF support recipients and contributors should consult the FCC's order for more details. Also last week, the FCC issued an order to immediately provide up to $76.9 million in USF support to affected carriers in Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands to repair wireline and wireless communications networks. Affected carriers had the option of receiving a lump sum of seven months' worth of USF funding in advance, and the FCC is aiming to give the shot in the arm necessary to speed recovery efforts. Finally, FCC Chairman Pai recently announced the creation of a hurricane recovery task force to help direct the FCC's efforts to support communications service restoration in hurricane-impacted areas with a particular focus on Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands. Chairman Pai stated that the task force will help manage the FCC's transition from the short-term incident management of the past few months to long-term recovery and will work with the Department of Homeland Security and FEMA to coordinate future assistance requests for communications providers. Now, the FCC's recent actions continue to show the agency's willingness to work creatively with communications service providers affected by hurricanes and other disasters. Indeed, in many of the orders I discussed, the FCC invited affected communications service providers to ask it for further regulatory relief, if necessary, to help sustain recovery efforts. I note that much of the recent regulatory relief has been provided by the FCC on a proactive basis, even in the absence of a specific request and is being directed at Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands, reflecting the fact that these areas suffered significantly more damage to their communications networks than impacted areas in the continental United States. But no matter where communication service providers are located, they should carefully examine the impacts of these storms on their businesses, and if a rule imposes an impediment, should consult with counsel and request relief from the rules if necessary. The FCC has demonstrated they have a sympathetic ear. Thank you for joining me today. Kelly Dry and Warren's Communications Practice Group is experienced in assisting communication service providers with waiver requests and managing network outages. Please visit our Calm Law Monitor blog for further information on the FCC's actions to assist those impacted by the recent hurricanes and other disasters. The views and ideas expressed on this program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or ideas held by Kelly Dry and Warren LLP, its staff, or management.